I actually was going to use Herman's, Herman's word. If you ever want, Herman gives me one of these every Sunday, every Sunday. And then, and then Judy gives me a scripture or something. And sometimes they, they come together. We're just, Herman's been doing that like most of last year as a, as a word of knowledge. So I do want to encourage you to, if you, anything you come, uh, I saw, I had a dream about, I mean, don't, don't, if you ate some bad tacos, and you you had a, a bad night. You don't have to come and share that with me, but just ask. Is that but because because what we're sharing, we're sharing. We're parts of the body of Christ coming in. Not any one of us in our gifting is is the fullness of the bride of Christ. But each of us in our gifting is a fullness of the bride of Christ. So I can't afford to make offers to say I will help you with your bills, but we can afford to say. We'll make an offer to help you with your bills financially. Does that make sense? But And I can't say I have enough belief to, for your marriage or for your past or for your whatever. But together we can all come in and our faith is rising and increased up. So this is a practical... This is a practical way to operate in that. You can text me on any day of the week. You can call me. You can share that with me about Sunday. My job is to decide what to actually share and how to share it. Okay? So I, I'm going to do that, but it's, your, it's, it's every one of our places, every one of our places to be praying to what gift we're bringing in. And it doesn't mean you have to give it to me, but you hold it and you're like, God, what's, who's this for? Is it just for me? Is it just for one person at the journey? Is it just for somebody in my neighborhood? Or is it for me to give for the body of Christ? And then you're giving your gift, and then I decide as a pastor how to, how to disseminate that gift. But you decide before then that maybe it's for somebody right here. It's true of how we give our finances. It's true of how we give words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And I want to encourage us to really be pressing in as how do we show up? How do we show up well as members of the body of Christ? It's really important. Too long we've gathered together uh, and just appreciated. We have, the, the, we have the best music in the world now. I mean, have you, have you noticed a lot of the songs that are Christian or in KSBJ are being played on like 99.1 and 104, which is like a pop station, 99.1. It's a lot of these songs are, are because our music is so good. We have guys that they're preaching is so good that they're being interviewed in non-Christian formats and their language is really good. Yet we often lack, we've got this, this we often lack a power of the Holy Spirit in some of those things. And that's what we're pursuing. That's our part that we're going to bring. So... Um, I'm going to, uh, share this word from Herman. It's the, oh, I was, what I was going to say, if you ever say, Hey, can I have that, that word that Herman gave? You can always go back and listen to it. If we Facebook live, but I, I will take a picture of it and send it to you because everything's open to you looking at it and you talking about it and you going, I don't know what that meant. There's no, there's no reason for us to, um, hide that we didn't know or we didn't understand or we didn't agree with something i said it's it's we're, we're learning and growing and moving towards something so i will you could text me and um because i have a i have a book of hermanisms <laughs> not quite but i i keep most of them if uh, uh i tape them in my in my journal actually and and date most of them uh so the spirit of isolation brings Condemnation, desperation, depression, low self-estimation, and low expectations, which leads to damnation. 
And he, he, uh, he felt like the Lord showed him that the spirit of isolation is your soul. So when you isolate, when you take your soul and you hide it and you move it away from God and from others, and um, he said, uh, a nation does not need to suffer just as a church suffers together when only one else hurts. So we, we, we are not built to suffer alone. And I see it all the time. I heard a guy named, I don't know if you know who Terry Crew is. Big African-American guy. He's on a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a comedy show. He was, uh, he was the dad on Everybody Hates, what's it called? Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Man, this dude is like, he's like, he's, he's like maybe 50, ex-NFL football player. Uh, he came out last year about being molested as a kid, and then he, he had some stuff in, with his Hollywood agent molesting him in a weird, you know, just coming on to him in really strong, weird ways. And um, has a great phrase. He says success is the warmest place to hide because he was highly successful. But church is often a really good place to hide. And we come in. If that's for me, tell him I'm busy. <laughs> if it's Barbara, I'll talk to her, though. So it's it's a, it's a, it's we, we can hide in church. We can hide in our religion. We can say I'm going to church. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible. But we're not. We're called to open our lives up to other people. I'm struggling with this. This is going on wrong in my life. I'm, I'm feeling this about myself. I'm feeling this about my situation. And we share. We don't share with people who have no hope like us. We share with people that are hopeful. So when I need financial help, I don't go to somebody poorer than me. I go to somebody that has more than me, right? If I wanted to lose weight, which I do and I have, I don't go to somebody who's less fit than I am. I go and talk to somebody who's more fit than I am. And that doesn't mean that they're more fit physically than me, that they can help me in every area, but they can help me in that one area. So if you're dealing with depression or poverty or lack of vision or lack of hope, your identity is being attacked, you go to people that can help you in that, okay? And, uh, and that exposure, that exposure is super painful, it's so hard, especially if you've been successful or especially if you're walking in some sort of ministry gifting. But we are called to be transparent and vulnerable. Not me telling everybody all my junk all the time, but there should be three or four or five people who know my junk. And there are for me. So anyways, so that I meant to actually attach that word to when Herman gave me that word. I thought that's exactly why the Lord told me this morning. To write a check to somebody who needed a check. Because if one is suffering, we can't, we don't always do that. But if one is suffering, if you come in here, you're suffering. And you have a sickness or a disease or a problem. Keep asking for help. Because that's a gift to us to be able to give our prayer and our faith. And to, 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 to deliver you from demons. To deliver you from depression. But it is a process and it takes time. And the body heals, is supposed to heal itself. All right. So. Uh, Matthew 10, 5 through 14, we're in a series on prayer. Um, I listen, I love listening to Mike yesterday after listening to Mike. I mean, last week, uh, I got to, uh, and I just listened to, you know, been here when BJ spoke and I thought how different the both of them were. Right. And then I'm going to be way different than that. And then Stevie's going to speak. He's going to be way different than me. And that's a, that's a representation of the body of Christ. We're not ever supposed to draw from one style of ministry that we prefer because we become, we become um, deaf and blind to what they're saying. So we're looking for different inputs. So that's partly what we're getting. So on prayer, 
Uh, the one thing I got out of Mike's message that I thought was really powerful is that prayerful conversation with God deepens our relationship. So if you're not praying, you're not believing that God's listening, you're not believing that God can speak to you, you're believing a lie about yourself, you're believing a lie about him, and you're deciding, I don't want any more relationship. It's like getting married and having a fabulous honeymoon and an amazing first year and then saying, no more. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. No more stories. I don't want to do anything with you. I will see you after we both die. That's what we do with Jesus. I had this experience. It's awesome. But shame comes in and builds some barriers and says, don't bother me. I'm doing my duties as a son or a child or a Christian. But when I die, then I'll experience some closeness to you. And that is not the gospel. That is not being a Christian. Being a Christian is we experience him now. That when you leave here, you're ava- it's available. Whatever's taught, whatever you heard during worship, take that as a new form, a new higher reality than anything you've ever experienced and walk that out. So I, got, I love that about what Mike shared um, Mike is part of a crucible project, which uh, Stevie and I and Francisco and a couple other guys that have been around us have gone to. It's, it's a great event. Um, anyways, so verse 1. I'm going to start with verse 1 in Matthew 10 and go 5 to, I'm going to read 5 to 14. Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. So if you say, hey, I don't know what to do in my life, maybe you start there. Casting out demons and healing sickness and disease. Maybe that's what you start praying for. That'd be a good, a good giant, giant start. So then you skip to verse 5. Jesus commissioned these 12 to go into the ripened harvest fields with these instructions. Don't go into any non-Jewish or Samaritan territory. Go instead and find the lost sheep among the people of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and those who are sick and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. I'm going to stop right there. My three points are this about prayer. You must pray for who your people are. You must pray for who your people are. You must pray and say, who are my people? It's not enough to say everybody. That's like a default religious answer that stays fuzzy and allows you to hide behind the, I want to touch everybody. There's a people group that you touch. All right? That's the first. I'm going to go into more detail. The second one is you need to pray for provision. You need to pray for provision for how you will touch that people group. Maybe it's a culture that you don't speak their language. All of us are too old to learn another language, by the way. So hopefully you're not called to China because that would be like super hard. But if it, but you might need to learn. You might need to pray for provision. So you felt I'm supposed to be helping this group and I don't know how. There might be a provision of partnership. There might be a financial provision. There might be a provision of teaching that you need to be taught. You need to be mentored. And then the third thing, we need to pray for the right kind of power. 
the right kind of power. And we see that right here. Jesus commissioned the 12. He said, don't go into these communities. Don't go to this cultural people group.